Dick jokes coming. 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 <laughs> when are you gonna stop? <laughs> there we have it. Today we're going to be discussing Dick the weighing of the wands. Hi, this is Basic Snitches. It's about dicks. Dick jokes both the, Yes, both basic snitches and this episode are about dicks. If you didn't know that already, this must be your first episode. So Tara actually came up with that thought of like, this is how we're going to start the next episode. I was like, cool, fine. We've got a plan. We've never done that before. We've ne- this is, this is episode, what, 90 or something? And we finally have a plan for how we're going to start the episode. And I was like, you go ahead and do that. I hope nobody's listening to this podcast for the first time right now. And if you are and you're still listening, you didn't turn it off during that first like, Well, you, then you belong here. You belong here, but you should start at the beginning. You passed the test. And yes, stop listening to what this is. Go back. I mean, or listen to this and then go back. Whatever works. Yeah, listen to this one twice. You've already been warned. There will be dick jokes in this episode. Well, they're sure. Uh, and all the episodes before and after. Before we get started. How you been? All right. Is that what you were going to say? Or yeah, you gonna I was going to ask you how you were. Yeah, because we haven't done that for a while. I know. Well, I'm fine. So living your life. It's the holidays. The holidays and family stuff is, mm, you know, it wouldn't be the holidays without lots of necessary day drinking. But that's my life here in this lovely I really 2020. really could go for some good day drinking. We literally, a week ago today, We're went wine tasting all day with stuff. It was wonderful. Day drinking turned into night drinking. More of that. That's what I'm here for. If you are ever interested in a good time and some good wine tasting, just hang out with us. Yeah. Many of our listeners are local to Cleveland. Even if you're not local, drive on in, fly on in once... COVID-19 is dead, or maintained, or whatever the fuck. Drink with us. There's lots of wine here. There is. Hi. Hello. Bentley is here, too. Bentley is here, too, and he's actually not being an asshole. That's me knocking on wood. That was just me knocking on wood. Don't freak out. It's my <laughs> hand. I was like, what? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's just me. It's just me. No one's actually here. Oh, now nope. He's gone. I ruined Bye. it. All right. Ruined it. Well, it's done. That's what... It's the holidays now. This episode will be sometime in 2021. I think it's in February. Yeah. Um, we might be to March at this point. I don't even know. We're knows? way ahead. We are really far ahead, which is great until we feel like the episodes have been recorded a bazillion years ago. <laughs> yeah. When I was editing the last few and seeing like when they would be published, I was like, holy shit, we have a long ways until we listen to this. But So yeah, it's just me getting through the holidays. What about you? Well, not too long ago, we released an episode in which I discussed that I started a new job the next day. And I've actually... She got fired. (laughs) I actually... She got fired for coming to work topless (laughs) and letting those titties breathe. Well, now that that secret is out. But now I no longer have that job. I started a new job with a new company and... um, On her own accord. She did not actually... Oh, yeah. I didn't go to work topless. I don't really know when this episode's going to be released, so maybe it's too late or whatever, but for anyone who needs their theater fix, Clue at Home is happening with Broadview Heights Spotlights. We've given you the address before. Yeah, Check it I think, out. I've, well, maybe Broadview-Heights-Spotlights.org. Tara's in I'll it. I'll post. I am in it, but that's not why you should see it. You should see it because it's going to be fun, and it's fucking Clue. You should see it because Tara's in it. But also you can see it because <laughs> I'm in it, too. That's fine. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's already passed and we're just really far ahead. But uh, it's been mentioned. No one can say I didn't try. It might be. We might be just in time. If it's passed, then we, yeah, we tried. If it's passed, then we tried. It was great. The end. So before, I'm, you guys will be listening to my voice for the next few minutes. Before what? Before we talk about... Dick jokes, I mean the wing of the wands. The winner loser of chapter 17. I feel like this. I'm like, be... I didn't even say anything. You no, just... I didn't. I just was like, let's go. Let's the way do to this. start winner loser is real quick. We got we got more wine to drink. We got Christmas movies to watch. We got maybe some cookies to eat. We got shit to do tonight, guys. So listen up. Winner loser, chapter 17. Loser of the chapter shouldn't surprise anyone. Are you ready? Little Bagman. Snape! Oh. <laughs> 
Pluto Dagman got a lot of really positive commentary from me in the last He did. Chapter. He was a bubblegum bitch. He was great. Oh my god, bubblegum bitch. Marina and the Diamond sponsor us. Yeah. That's a song by Marina and the Diamond. Okay. Winner of the chapter? Any guesses? Mega. Yes! She's the best. That seems straight. <laughs> right? It just, yeah. I mean, again, doesn't really need to be discussed. If it were about the uh, performances, obviously Michael Gambon would lose the chapter, but it's not really fair. We really kind of focus on There's the storyline. There's scenes line. in the movie. There aren't chapters in the movie. Exactly. And Michael Gambon's actually a good actor, but he just does not Dumbledore for me well in this movie. Yeah. He Dumbled don't. don't he no, Dumbled doesn't. Dumbled doesn't. Dumbled doesn't. <laughs> Dumbled does not. Also, can we talk about how Tara came to my work Christmas party? Uh, we took acid and said, let it go in my kitchen. We did say, let it go in your kitchen. We cooked. I helped cook. <laughs> we cooked. We cooked the acid and then we took it. So what my company had in store for us, I had to go and pick up a, it was like a giant HelloFresh box, but it was from Giant Eagle, which is the local grocery store in Cleveland area, the main one. One of the main ones. It was basically like we made a pot pie. So we did that. and then Which looked not appetizing, but was delicious. It was delicious. Hell yeah. It looked not great. And it was salad. And there was a little so like appetizer. Salad was good. Mm-hmm. And we got a bottle of wine. But you know, <laughs> we get one free bottle of wine. We got an extra bottle of wine. we have like wine. three bottles of wine that night? I think we did too. And then the next day we went and drank all day with Stephanie. Yeah, so much drinking. So then it was like games, like virtual games and stuff. And Tara kind of pieced at that point because I was like very um, focused on my company. Trivia. Some of the trivia was like stuff that I know, but most of it was about the company, which is great. But I was also helping do a little bit of a training thing for speech and debate. In the other room, virtually. In the library. She in the library. the library. I was doing speech and debate shit in Ms. the Scarlet library. Miss Scarlet in the library with the Chardonnay because... That you know, is me. I'm going to go up there and burn down with Miss Scarlet in the library right. with the Chardonnay. And I was no bitch. I was Mr. Colorless in the kitchen with the <laughs> bread blend. So then after that, <laughs> my company did this thing. It was insane. It was like an after party dance party where the CEO is playing songs, but... On the screen chair, it was like the karaoke version. And then everybody just had their cameras on and they were going crazy. So I start this up and Mid Scarlet over here, she does a beeline to the kitchen and starts singing and dancing. I was like, oh, okay, you like this? Cool, let's do this. So I have a galaxy light in my bedroom and I brought that down and plugged it in and we just started going at it. <laughs> that sounds like we were fucking in the kitchen. <laughs> As we have clarified, we do not, not fuck. fuck. So we were dancing and going crazy. And then I have these miracle berry pills. Has anybody heard about this? It's this thing you get online. It's made from this like berry from like the Amazon rainforest or something. It fucks with your taste buds. So we both put one of these on our our tongues. And we were drinking lemon juice and we were drinking vinegar. And then Let It Go came on. We were, it was, oh, it was a thing. And then after all that, that ended, I was like, hey, robot, play Little Bit of Lexus. This bitch was breaking it down. And so I was like, well, I'm filming this. And as you can see in the video, I was pretty drunk too because my camera work is very nauseating, if you will. Uh, Steve couldn't watch it. He I was, was like, like nope. spinning around and it was uh, like, it's one of the best things ever. Now, if you want to see this video, PayPal is 50 bucks because so, we can't get a sponsor. And I know Tara doesn't want anybody to see this. So 50 bucks a pop. Unless you're one of the people that I already sent it to, which is probably a few of you. <laughs> Ashley saw it. Brian saw Ashley it. Ashley saw, saw it. Ashley's response was, I don't know what this is, but I'm here for it. Good. God, I love it. Also, before we get started, didn't you have something from Ashley? Oh, yeah. So the most recent episode that was released. I, I know we're after winner loser. This is a fun This is who episode. we are, guys. Let's just, let's just you say. love us. I don't know what chapter this was. I think it's uh, Hogwarts Express was most recently published. First of all, this was the episode where we were discussing whether or not there was snow in early May last year. Ashley sent me a text and she said, you are correct. And I liked that part. And then she said, I have also been wondering what wizard people do for jobs. There has to be more. And then she said, you know, there have been a of magic people, shopkeeper, Hogwarts professor, librarian, Mm -hmm. etc. Also the employees of the wizard hospital, what else? And then she said, also where do wizard kids 
go to school before Hogwarts? How do they get any education? There doesn't seem to be a plethora of employment, so are they being homeschooled? I need answers. Daycare? <clears throat> probably. Wizard daycare. And then That's finally, something I want to see. That's probably fun. That has got to be the worst job ever. It's got to be pretty bad, but it's also got to be pretty fun. Just right. think about all the fun little magical things. Magical toddlers? I, magical toddlers. I, I don't know why, but I feel like that's our new kid show. Our magical toddlers? We are magical <laughs> You're toddlers. You're going to play it all the time at the Nobby Bush. <laughs> Again, if this is your first episode, go back and listen to some other ones. Oh, no, this was the episode Amos Diggory of the Fireplace, because she said, I will also kill Howlers, fuck the Firehead, and Mary Owls, who I believe are lifelong monogamous partners, too, so there's that. She killed the Firehead? Yeah. Kill that Firehead. No, she fucked the Firehead. She killed Howlers. Oh, you're gonna get your dick really hot. I believe you also killed Howlers. I feel like I think I fucked Howlers. I don't it doesn't remember. matter. We're... But she agrees with me, because that's what I said. What her answers were are oh. what I said. Yeah, I think I disagreed with you, so. Yeah. That's fine. Do you have a thing? So anyway, this uh, email, as always, a thing for Tara. Chapter 18, The Weighing of the Wands. Luckily, after a shocking yesterday, Harry wakes up to a room of cheering Gryffindors and then is intercepted by Hermione, who brings Harry toasts, asks him to come on a walk, and is very open, honest, and almost even motherly to Harry. Hermione has elevated to Quinn's status at this point. She recommends, with a little bit of pushback, that Harry write to Sirius again, which she eventually persuades him to do. Unfortunately, other BFF Quinn Hedwig is kind of a bitch to Harry. Sad face. Harry has to go to classes and gets a lot of cold shoulders from everyone who doesn't believe he wouldn't put his name in there. Honestly, everyone gives Harry so much more credit than he deserves, and let's be honest, Harry still deserves a lot. Poor Harry. However, more quenliness comes from Hagrid, who also opens up and believes Harry while making all the other students take the fire lobsters out for a drag. Fuck yes, cousin it. Not all classes are cool though, next is potions. Draco and the other Slytherins made Potter Stinks badges. Harry and Draco both duel each other, both missing their targets. Snape sends Goyle or Crab or whomever, it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant, to the hospital wing, but he sees no difference in Hermione and then gives Ron and Harry detention, takes a 50 points from Gryffindor, and then alludes to poisoning Harry at the end of class. Well, joke's on him because, spoiler alert, he gets 50 points taken away at the end of this chapter, too. At that point... <laughs> There's no possibility of redemption for him, no matter what happens. Hey, Harry, when you have kids, remember this moment so you don't name them after him? Colin Creevy comes to save the day, something I thought I'd never say, and says that Harry needs to go meet the other champions. First, an interview with Rita Skeeter. She is kind of fabulous, but, you know, she smells like old lady perfume, and her quill is kind of a bitch. Speaking of bitches, Dumbledore interjects, and these two catty quens... I'm sorry, they are not quens, they're queens. <laughs> These two catty queens read each other to filth, honey. Maybe the gayest moment we've seen so far in the series? I may be wrong, but even if I am, don't worry, because in a few chapters, we'll be in the prefect's bathroom and Moaning Murder will be looking at everyone's dicks under the water. Oh, did I say dicks? Yeah, that's right. It's time for the weighing of the wands. Ollivander comes in and inspects everyone's wands. Yup, that's right, everyone drops trow and he makes things like smoke, wine, and flowers come out of the end of the everyone's wands. He must be very talented. Good thing he didn't have to inspect Madame Maxime's wand. You know, she'd come in and it would be like a sack of potatoes, which is what Tara called her last family reunion. <laughs> Being dropped on the table like, wham! Ollivander might have gotten a broken arm with that thing whapping around. I hear that after Hagrid comes in contact with it, he names her wand the Whomping Willow. I'm exhausted from dick jokes. <laughs> Amid all this... <laughs> well, you better buckle up. I know! Amid all of this, Cedric proudly proclaims that he polishes wand that very night. Me too. And Harry's like, oh, whoops, I forgot my typical wand care. And starts polishing it right then and there. And Fleur is the only one to actually give him some side eye about it. Well, she might be right, she's still kind of a bitch. Yells Hermione from the hospital wing, burn a French flag. Anyway, <laughs> Ollivander says everyone's wands are a-okay. Everyone passes, and then he purels his hands. <laughs> Guess what happens after some old guy plays with your wand? A photo shoot! <laughs> then it's dinner time. Harry goes back to the common room has a brief encounter with Ron where he's not completely a dick, 
because we've had enough of those in this chapter, and sees his response from Sirius, who wants to communicate via fire a couple of days before the first test because things are really heating up. The last sentence of that does not include a dick joke, and I'm kind of surprised. And then Sirius chokes on a dick. The end. Yeah, there we go. Great. Dick jokes coming. (laughs) Dick jokes coming. Dick jokes coming. Dick jokes coming. For the first basic snitching single. <laughs> oh my god. I would like to take this time to say that if this were the first book, we'd basically be done. But guess what? We ain't even close, honey. We're about like halfway through. Right? It's ridiculous. Yes. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's shut up. It's a thing. I was making dick jokes. I know. It's about as thick as fucking Maxine's dick. Maxine, who's Maxine? Maxime. Her dick's better than everyone's. It's fine. She got a big old salami. She got a big old. See, sausages are more of a German thing. So at the beginning, we got a new Quinn. I mean, she's not new. She been here, but Hermione. Oh my god! Like she's everything amazing. she does is perfect. Exactly what a good friend would do. Bring you breakfast <clears throat> to be like, we going on a walk. Talk through it. Girl, I believe you. You need to talk things through with Ron. You need to send a letter to Sirius. And she, like, <clears throat> persuades him with all of the writing. It's just so, so, so perfect. So I've said this hundreds of times, I think, already. Harry and Hermione's relationship is the best thing in this entire series. The focus on their friendship and how they work together as friends, particularly what Hermione is for Harry, is amazing. And this book is really the beginning of that being so much more than them being classified as a trio. Mm -hmm. This is really where you see how their friendship works. Because we get some real great Harry and Hermione shit through this whole series. Holy shit, is she just everything she needs to be in that moment? Because, you know, he's frustrated. He's like, Ron's being a dick. And she doesn't let him be whiny about it. She doesn't let him off the hook. She's like... I can't do that. You have to take care of this. She's so good. Like, and she's 14. It's perfect. She's wonderful. It's so, so amazing. And it's also so refreshing because she's going through these areas of, I'm kind of mixed up vulnerability and weakness in the past. Let's say it's vulnerability. She doesn't have a firm footing on all of the abuse stuff. To take a break from that for this wonderful moment, I have no criticism of like, how she handles this whatsoever. This is just a classic, beautiful example of being there for someone. Yeah. And taking care of someone in a way that's not coddling them, it's not babying them, and it's not pressuring them. And it's empathy, not sympathy either. Yeah. And it sucks because in a couple pages, she really gets the raw end of a deal. Yeah. We'll get there in a moment too, of course. But even some of the details, like the way that she talks about Ron, hey, you need to think about this as his perspective. And that's the kind of stuff that we talk about here on basic snitches in like really thinking about the other person's perspective. Hermione does the work for us. Yeah, it's so easy for us to be angry with Ron and we still are because he's being a dick. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so mature of her and she puts herself in kind of a, it's not a dangerous situation because Harry loves her and and he actually knows better but to be like actually hold on i know you're upset but think about this harry could again harry's not this kind of person his emotions are heightened where he can respond with being like actually fucking hermione this is not helpful and you can be pissy with her and even if he did respond that way I think that it would be like, "Mm, no, Harry, she is being helpful. Like, there's not a single misstep here, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if Harry were a little bit more unreasonable, sure. I mean, even the stuff like he doesn't want to write to Sirius and she's like, well, he's going to find out regardless. And I know that he probably liked to hear it from you. Yeah. Oh, fucking perfect. She's great. It's so, so nice. So good. Speaking of other jobs out there, such as, you know, the lawyers, the daycare, workers. If Hermione didn't work for the ministry, she could be a damn good therapist based on this scene right here. I think she could be groomed into a good therapist. Uh, yeah. 
We could be wrong because she can become very limited. Sure. Uh, nobody's perfect. Therapists are human But too, in the way that know? she handles the people that she knows really well is amazing. Yeah. Because she, we don't get to see her and Ron as much, but she handles Ron really well. As we get into the next couple of books, we see how she interacts with Ginny. She has great intuition into how other people are. The way she took care of Hagrid in the last book. She's just very aware of other people around her. She's yeah. such a giver. And you know that they don't teach psychology at Hogwarts either. They don't teach shit and they don't, what do they teach that's useful right now? Divination? I, I'm just being an asshole. Speaking of assholes and speaking of someone who handles things the right way we then go to the Owlery and Hedwig has a tantrum. This scene is a little bit sad to me because Hedwig is so ready to be like ooh let me send you a letter she puts out her leg and then she becomes kind of a bitch and she you know turns on him. It's like that TikTok I sent you of the cat who is like pouting, like the oh, face planted cat. The one that, that's Baxter. Yeah. That's literally what fucking Baxter and does. She's like face planted, and then the person is like, Are you angry at me? And the cat looks up and gives a dirty look and then goes right back to face plant. That's what Hedwig does here. That's not the part that makes me sad. Like, yes, I wish Hedwig would be a little bit more patient. And sure, she's just a bird, but Hedwig is Quinn status, okay? And she can speak French fluently. So <laughs> she, she, she ain't just a bird, okay? But what is like so painful is when. And Harry's just like, none of this is my fault. Or whatever it is, something yeah. similar to that. He is going through so much stuff. This is a point, almost smack dab in the center of the series, where he's going through all this stuff, and it's like, man, uh, this stuff is just falling in his lap, and he can't control it. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate. Like, that really stuck out to me. It's just like an extra blow is really where it is. First Ron and now you, this isn't my fault. Yes, he has Hermione and yes, he is serious. Ron and Hedwig are constants in his life. Yeah. And Hedwig is annoyed with him and Ron is pissed at him. Yeah, it's, it is. It's sad. You just mm. want to pat his head and be it like, It sucks. And also okay. like it's getting worse too. Oh so. my God. So we have that brief moment that is kind of like unfortunate with the pet with Hedwig and everything. <clears throat> but then we go to Care of Magical Creatures First, and we see another, oh, go ahead. Want to talk about the letter he writes to Cedric, right? Oh, he writes a letter to Cedric? No, is it a love letter? Cedric. Oh. It's a love letter. He writes a love letter to Cedric. <laughs> and he's like, like, Hedwig, you can't send this because it'll be too suspicious. But I want to comment on the letter he writes to Sirius. He's very basic. He's just like, here's the information. But the last thing he says in his letter is, the other Hogwarts champion is Cedric Diggory from Hufflepuff. And I think that that's really just another reminder of who Harry is, especially because in a few chapters when we get the article about the tournament, Cedric isn't even mentioned. Harry kind of has because Cedric is hot, obviously. But no, he's got Cedric kind of in like the forefront of his mind all the time. He's very aware of Cedric. It seems like a thing that wouldn't seem important. Mm -hmm. Especially Caught when me. he's being so brief. Like, it's kind of interesting. He chooses to, to mention because Cedric. Oh my god. So then after this little moment, go to the Care of Magical Creatures and see another Quinn who believes him. I love Hagrid in this moment. And of course he does. Well, so it's not maybe the best teaching moment because he's like, uh, all y'all are the bitches. Have you met Hagrid? He hasn't had one of those yet. I need to, exactly. I need to have like a one-on-one -on -one with Harry. All y'all take these motherfuckers out for a drag. All these fire lobsters. Yo, Harry, it's fine. We cool. Also, I know that motherfucker Crouch said no teachers can help you, but guess what? I'm gonna break the rules. Coming from Hagrid, it's from the very beginning, you know, you said you didn't do this. I believe you. Hagrid recognizing that this is dangerous to begin with. Also, Hagrid knows what the first task is and he's concerned. Yeah. He's not worried about Harry winning at this point. He's worried about Harry surviving. Yeah. It's not until like later when Harry's like kicking ass that he's also like, you could win this thing. I'm here for you for that. Literally, Hagrid is the one that pulled Harry from the rubble of his destroyed house after his parents yeah. were murdered. Hagrid is amazing. So here's something else that I just thought of. In the last chapter, we talked about how everybody else at the school is like, oh my god, Harry again. Uh, we always have to hear about how he saved the school and stuff. Mm -hmm. But nobody watched him do that. Nobody knows actually what his true potential is. It's just almost like third degree information. The kind of nice thing about this is that people actually get to watch him whoop a dragon's ass. Yeah. And bring Spoiler. two people up out of the fucking pond. Pond? Pond. I don't live in a pond. No, me, bitch. This is oh my god, we space. forgot to talk about how you got a snack in this chapter. Harry threw you a snack. He did? Yeah, threw a piece of toast into the lake. Just a piece squid. of toast, bitch? That's it's... soggy bread. I completely missed that. The squid's like, I'm gonna take this. 
the squid, me, is like, excuse me, you, next time give me a gin and tonic. I need like a I bigger order. stick. He's 14. He doesn't have a gin and tonic. Yeah, you go back to those hell cells, especially the bartender <laughs> one, and be like, I need a double. Thank you. This is for the giant squid. Make it extra Harry's spicy. like, first Ron, then fucking head again. The giant squid doesn't do But this is expected toast. from the giant squid. Okay, the gi- we now know the giant squid is an alcoholic. <laughs> I completely missed that detail. I was like, oh, the giant squid got a snack. Yes, and I also don't live in a pond. Thank you, myself. I live in the fucking majestic lake, okay? Thank you, myself. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me, the giant squid? Where were we? (laughs) So yes, Hagrid is wonderful. Harry being cared for by people who are important. Yes. I mean, peaks and valleys. Life is peaks and valleys. It is also kind of, I hate to use this cliche for us lately, but realistic. It's realistic to see other people who are always in his corner, but aren't necessarily there for him in this moment, mm-hmm. too, I guess. Which only makes Hermione and Hagrid even that much more heroic, I think, in this chapter. While we're speaking of people who are in his corner, we might as well hang on to that thought a little bit longer, because guess what? Now it's time for potions. Oh, fuck that noise. As much as Hermione has one of the best moments ever, Y'all, Tara don't like Snape. Uh, did you know that? Did you have you gathered that? Fuck okay. that guy. He is, she don't <laughs> like Snape. You know, I've always tried to give him the devil's advocate angle and like, well, we know how things happen. This to me is so low between this little duel thing. Okay, you know, it's the Potter Stinks badges. Drake was being a little see you next Tuesday. He's like, what the fuck you say to me, bitch? They do a little duel. Harry strikes one of his little cronies. I don't care which one it was. Draco hits Hermione, her teeth, her little buck teeth kind of like grow and grow and grow. The audacity for Snape to be like, hey, you ugly Slytherin troll, get up in that hospital wing. And then be like, well, I don't see any difference between Hermione. Like, okay, like I get the whole playing favoritism thing to an extent. You're Snape, it's expected. But at this point, that is just so fucking uncalled for. And then 50 points from Gryffindor, nothing from Slytherin. As a Slytherin, this is embarrassing. It's so Had this happened in McGonagall's class, it would have been so fair. Yes. As head of Gryffindor, she'd have been like, fucking stop it. Yeah. 50 points from each of y'all. Everyone who needs to go to the hospital wing goes to the hospital wing. Everybody who needs to go to detention goes to detention. Right. Draco would fucking be in detention and Harry and Ron would be in detention. Yep. Maybe even not Ron, because he didn't actually do anything I don't necessarily think Ron would be in vacation. 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 Ron's like, I love vacation. (laughs) Oh, Oh, we're going to Egypt again? Cool. (laughs) No detention. It totally would be. Like, this is just sickening. It is a disgrace to Slytherins, in my opinion. Snape is a disgrace to Slytherins. This is so bad. And then, like, to be like, oh, we're doing antidote, so I'm going to poison Harry Potter. Why are you not fired? Was it the last book where he tries to poison Neville's That's this book. Oh, it is this book. He just continues to be fucking terrible. Like you said in the last episode, Snape ain't got a lot to do in this particular book, so... I, I mean, really, I feel like he's just and... being an asshole. It, it's horrible. Like, he doesn't even really have that much of a reason. Like, what happened, Snape? Why are you so angry? I don't get it. I don't give a shit if the child is the kid that looks like one of your fucking school bullies and his son i don't care if the child is a know-it-all little girl i don't care if the child is hopeless in potions i don't care if the child is a sleazy ass little blonde motherfucker treat them all the same hermione is a good student harry as we will learn down the road actually is not bad at potions he, he just, just follows i instructions. mean what it comes down to is like you gotta be fired at this point there's no reason for you to be at the school if this is how you behave. He goes too far. You know what the ironic thing is? Across the room, that pop figurine of Snape is staring at me. Right. Also, by the way, really quick corrections corner for two episodes ago. When I was editing this, I realized that when Brian went to go get his floppy hat, mm-hmm. what he brought back was a pop figurine of Alexis. That probably was not very clear. And now everybody listening to this is probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? Whatever. 
Go back and listen to the episode. Anyway. But yeah, there's Snape, and he's like, what he the is, fuck are you talking he's about? He's looking snape over That's there. okay, because Trelawney's right next to him, and Trelawney's like, you go, girl. She's great. I will say that this little moment after Hermione and whatever fucking child that follows Draco around Goyle. leave, and they start class, you know, and Harry has that, like, moment of, like, Ron and I had this bonding over being there for Hermione, and then Ron doesn't sit with him. Like, that's just, like, another blow. That's the kind of thing that should bring them together. And I feel like this suggests that Ron is making the active choice to be, like, no. More pettiness. I feel like Ron has to feel like he's winning, I guess. And he had to obviously come to Hermione's aid because that's their friendship and that's who they are. But also, Hermione is now no longer there. She left the room. And he has to make a point to be against Harry again. And that just hurts. Yeah. Now he has no people because Hermione is not in the room. This potion yeah, sucks. It, yeah, it's overall really bad. I mean, it shows a really low point for Ron, too. It's nowhere near Snape's, obviously. Right. I mean, but, you want to cheer for Ron because he's like, fuck yeah, I'm there for Hermione. And you're like, yes, Ron. And then he's... He, he, could, he very well... I think when you say that this is one of those moments where he should be on Harry's side and it should bring them back together, it's just like, look around you and look at the circumstances of this. But guess what? Someone comes to save the day and it's Colin Creevy. <laughs> oh, Colin Creevy. Snape is like, well, leave your shit. And Colin's like, no, bitch, he needs to bring it too. And then Snape is like, okay, get out of my sight. And Colin Creevy's like, middle finger. So Colin Creevy's always kind of been like a whatever background kind of annoying. I really appreciate Colin's bravery in this moment. He's just like, but that's what we need to do. Like, he doesn't panic and run away and cry. He's clearly intimidated. Snape is his professor too. It's not like he's some rando that comes in and yeah. is interacting with a professor he doesn't know. No, this is what we have to do with this little tiny, little precious nugget who's just like, come here, Harry. Calm okay. down, precious nugget. This is still Colin Creed we're talking about. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, he's fine. I appreciate him in this moment. He's a good guy. But he goes upstairs and Rita Skeeter's like, hello, child. Come into a broom closet. How ironic. Let's bring you into somewhere that you're very familiar with. And he's like, well, I'm not claustrophobic. That's in the movie that she's like, where she says that. She doesn't go right say. She doesn't say that. So she doesn't it, know he was raised in a closet. No, but, but it is still ironic. You know, I've said it before about her. There's just something about her that is just very fancy to me that I like. So she obviously starts interviewing him and it's all the missteps and everything. At first, when she was doing this and she gets out her quick quill, I was like, wow, that quill's a bitch. But then I was like, or is that quill reading her mind? I think that's I, what it is. I agree with that. I think she and the quill have a connection. Yeah. Like it's hers. Like if some other reporter had one, it would be tuned to them. Yeah. Rita Skeeter is a brilliant opportunist. I think in the moment that she's in, she finds the thing that's going to be the most fascinating, that's going to get her the furthest in her career. So when she was coming down on the ministry for the way the World Cup went, she focused on some negative stuff because that's going to get people to be asking questions and be into this. Here, there's something very fascinating about this child that's three years younger than everyone else who also happens to be, you Famous. know, fucking Harry Potter. Yeah. So, of course, her tactic here is how can I use this to my advantage? I think Rita Skeeter is one of the most intelligent characters in the whole series. And this is really fascinating. This interview with Harry is one of the things where I'm the just like... The way she embellishes things or, like, minces with the facts and, like, trying to make it a more compelling story. What I was about to say is that perhaps she should just be a writer and not necessarily a journalist. But then the fact that she is an opportunist and she's so charismatic and she has such a way with interviewing people, it's, like, effortless to me almost. As someone who's had to interview people in the past in terms of like I was in a college fucking newspaper it wasn't anything big there's a big difference between somebody editing and writing for like a college newspaper and then this bitch who works with Dave Bradbury obviously it just comes so naturally to her it is almost a shame that she does it a little bit deviously but I do think that the opportunistic thing that you mentioned plays into that this is actually from the movie where she says something about her rabid readers mm -hmm. it's clear that she is almost like writing this a little bit for herself surely but also a little bit with her readers in mind and like what's gonna make people love 
like buy more, more newspapers. I think she's brilliant about her tactics. Yeah. She's one of those characters that jump out at me as like, I want to know more about her backstory and I stuff. I kind of do too. And I think I said it a few episodes ago. She could have very well not even been in the movie. It wouldn't have made a big deal. Because all of her heavy and important plot work that's in the book is not in the movie. She's wonderful. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that in the movie portion too because I love her in the movie. Let's compare her to Ludo Bagman. They completely fucking cut Ludo Bagman who has like some important shit. But I think maybe it's because Ludo just seems like a fun guy to begin with. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit suspicious. There is something immediately compelling about Rita Skeeter. This book in general is the book in the series where there are so many characters that are really only huge in this. Now Rita's actually, you know, not in the movie, in the fifth movie, but she's in the fifth book and the seventh book. There are so many characters in this book that I would like to explore more. Yeah. And she's one of them. Ludo Bagman is one of them. Even Barty Crouch a little more. We get a little bit more about him and Karkarov and Crumb particularly. And Meta Maxine. Maxine. Yeah. Hell yeah. The people who are really, really central to this story, not only do we not really get to explore, we don't get hardly anything about them or anything at all, in Ludo Bagman's case, in the movie. Yeah. So I think that this book is just so dense. She's still fascinating. Oh, yeah. I love her in this moment, oh honestly. My, yeah. she, she's not the best person in this moment, but I still like it. And then when Dumbledore comes in and she's like almost very excited, like, oh, Dumbledore. He's and, so and, great. And he's so like charming and he's like, mm, you're an asshole. I remember what you wrote about me. And she's like, oh, well, that's because blah, blah, blah. And it's two catty queens. Yeah. And I just love how he's like, we can discuss your rudeness later, but that's not what we're exactly. here for. It's so good. And she's just like, <laughs> whatever, bitch. <laughs> Catch you later. Like, it's, I it's really, really very, love it. very much too, Caddy Queen. It's so, so fun. And then, of course, we get to see Ollivander. Dick jokes. Dick side. jokes. It's kind of interesting to see that, okay, there is some sort of, like, element of fairness here. The fact that it's built in is kind of interesting and fun. But also to kind of zoom in on, like, the intricacies of wands again. And, like, everything goes into the personality of the wand that gets attracted to you. I like that he discusses the differences with Fleur and Crumb's wands. Fleur's has her grandmother's hair, Vila. And he's like, oh my, you know, and then... His commentary on Grigorovich. Mm-hmm. It's really cool because this is a very important thing that should obviously happen for the Triwizard Tournament. It's also just pushing forward into the seventh book. It's really important to remember that wand lore and care and understanding of the construction and build and creation of wands is so important. It makes me wonder, like, what are the properties of the cores? And what are the properties of the woods? What are the properties of the woods, Dick Joe? <laughs> I was actually going to do some like witchy research on like what are the properties of these specific woods mm-hmm. because I'm sure there are like certain woods meaning you know prosperity or love or success or whatever it is. It's funny because they don't talk about that in the series but when I went to the Wizarding World down in Orlando I got to do the wand demonstration and yeah. I, a wand chose me and it was magical. They discussed the properties of the different woods which was interesting because that's not really done in the series, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely part of the storytelling part of the world building. Yeah. You know, my bond is made of reed. And so there's a certain type of lore to that. So yeah, I'm fascinated. I mean, I'm sure some of it has some actual real background to it. And that's why I love that. So what is your wand? Because I cannot remember off the top of mine. Reed like on a clarinet. It's reed. Your wand is a clarinet. My wand is a clarinet. It's a reed wand with a dragon heartstring core. Oh. Is it unwieldy or unyieldy or whatever the word is? And how many inches? It's 11 and a half inches. Oh my God. I don't believe that for a fucking second. Look at you. Like an 11 and a half year old. 11 and a half year old? Yep. You've heard it here first. Tara has an 11 and a half year old. It's actually ours. It's our son. Well, that took a turn. Um... <laughs> I do not remember the properties of my wand. Oh, because, yeah, I have a Pottermore wand, too. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know what that one is. I, I'm a magpie, I'm in Slytherin, and I'm in Thunderbird. That's, that's what I remember. I got a wand. I 
think it's a unicorn core, which I don't feel like vibes with me, but okay. And I feel like mine is Rowan. I don't know. I could look it up right now. I'm not gonna. We're gonna get Adam to Universal Studios Wizarding World sometime That's right. in if the next If you would like years. to finance our trip for market research to the <laughs> Wizarding World of Harry Potter, <laughs> contact us and we will set up a PayPal because we haven't done that yet. Or guess what? You could also sponsor us and get something out of it. Wands are being checked out. Wands it's are being checked out. Very successful. I thought you were gonna say it's very sexy. It's very sexy and successful. Just like me. And They're then, not me. Um, the little photo shoot. To get back to Rita very briefly, I feel like she has almost this admiration of Harry. She keeps moving him to the front. Of course what it is, he's the celebrity. He needs to be in the front. I got this feeling there's something more to it where she's just not infatuated, but it's almost to that level. I think that her focus is on him because that's the story. Yeah, that's what's going to sell the most people. Because... For a moment, you wonder, well, why is it not on Crumb? But Crumb is kind of old news now. He's already been an international Quidditch player. Harry, we all know who he is, but this is like a chance to get to know him, to bring him into the And it should be three people. It's not four. That's the story. That should be the story, but she's like, but also there's this 14-year-old. And it happens to be Harry Potter. And it happens to be Harry Potter. It's also maybe an appeal that... Her being able to kind of wedge herself into that part of the story because Harry's famous story to everyone is that Voldemort was out there killing people, doing Voldemort shit. He tried to kill Harry. Doing hot girl shit? <laughs> doing hot girl shit. That's what Voldemort <laughs> does. The Dark Lord went away when he tried to kill Harry. That's Harry's story. That's it. We don't have details. We don't know how that goes. If we had details, then people probably would have tried to rescue him from his aunt and uncle. Obviously, we learn later in the seventh book that people visit the house and and can see all of the ruins and stuff. But I feel like people would be discussing Harry's story more if more of it were available. There's more mystery than history with Harry Potter. Exactly. That's something that Rita Skeeter would say. (laughs) Then Sirius's letter comes and he's like, I'm gonna be a firehead. And he's like, Firehead, I barely know her head. Fuck Mary Kill. Hold on. Damn it! That would have been such a good transition. I know. This better be worth it. Sirius's letter is super important. What the fuck? Sirius knows all kinds of shit. He's like, Dumbledore is concerned about stuff. This is very serious. He wouldn't have gotten moody out of retirement. How does Sirius know all this shit? He's been talking to Dumbledore. Dumbledore's like, I got you, bitch. I'm telling everybody that you're cool. And he's like, great, give me some intel. Dumbledore is like, this is what's up. But then Harry's the one that has to tell him that he was entered in the tournament. Well, no, I think that that was more like Hermione said. He would like to hear this from you. And then Sirius is like, great, glad that you reached out. This is an opportunity. I'm a firehead. This is very telling about Sirius's place in the Order of the Phoenix and everything that's coming up at the end of the book. Because by the end of the book, you're like, oh no, Sirius is actually part of this revolution. Yeah. But... We have no reason to think otherwise or to think that he's more a part of it. Mm-hmm. I find his letter to be much more important than the movie that's like, whatever, the bird bites. That is true. In the movie, it's more like, hey, I'm a firehead, get bit by this bird. Yeah. But we gotta fuck, marry, kill. Yeah, you ready to fuck, marry, and kill some dicks? Yeah. More so, we're gonna do wand cores. Okay. Unicorn hair, dragon heartstring, and phoenix feather. Fuck Vila hair, that's not a part of this. And no, it's not a fun little thing that you can swap in. It is not part of this, because that's stupid. I don't know if you're gonna like this answer. I'm going to kill unicorn hair. That's what I probably would do too, so. So, and I'm going to fuck Phoenix Feather and marry Dragon Heartstring because my wand core is Dragon Heartstring. I think my answers are the same, honestly. Because Dragon Heartstring to me seems hearty. Yes. And not because the word heart is in its name, but there is something there that seems substantial to me and strong and like, yeah. I don't much care for unicorns. Also, we've established they're an endangered species, so why are we going around and plucking out their tails to make one? That's pretty rude. I know Ollivander was like, I almost got gored by somebody. Right? And then somebody. <laughs> I almost got gored by somebody. I almost got gored by, by a unicorn. Somebody. By somebody. Some fuck- my unicorn friend, Bob, over here was like, why are you pulling my hair? I need that. Poke. <laughs> Death. Poke. 
Also, in the whole scheme of things, and all the magical things that we see in these series, I'm like, unicorns, this is a lot of bit basic. We know that unicorns are lovely and wonderful. Their tails are great, but you know who has a unicorn tail in their fucking wand core? Draco Malfoy. Because he's gay. <laughs> and unicorns are also gay. Although the whole, I'm a like, unicorn. also some of this <laughs> I am not, we've already established I'm a centaur. Also, maybe one of the reasons why I'm not into the whole unicorn hair thing is that in like muggle society, unicorns are this like fun fab thing. Like, ooh, unicorn poop. And it's supposed to be like fluffy and happy. And I think it's fucking stupid. Who the fuck cares? I'm not- Unicorns probably hate it too. Probably. They're Give like, the unicorns a break. Right? Stop poking, pulling out their tails. Now, on the flip side, start killing those dragons and plucking out their hearts and make some stuff out of that. That feels more substantial to me. And like, phoenixes are cool, so I'll fuck that. Oh yeah, fucking phoenixes. Fucking phoenixes, that's right. Fox is like, oh yes, I'm gonna get some dick tonight. <laughs> So we don't get any of the potions bullshit. We don't get the lovely discussion with Hermione, which is unfortunate. It would have been so nice to see. I would have at least liked to see this as a deleted There's scene. There's definitely some stuff coming up in the movie that takes care of some yeah. stuff that happens a little later, but this is beautiful. It's so beautiful. That's a shame. I do appreciate that we get Hagrid being like, no, about Harry's name being pulled out of the goblet. Yeah. In the movie, Hagrid's like, no, 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 this isn't okay. Um, as Harry's walking into the antechamber. So yeah. that's at least yeah, that's something. True. We don't get anything. In fact, Hermione, she like shoves Harry. She's like, go, Harry, go. Hermione in the movie is very tense. It started off with, get up, everybody. Smacking some pots together. Time to go to the Yeah, she's cup. high strong as hell. This it's because in the back of her mind, she knows the house elves are being fucked with, but she ain't doing anything about it. So she's taking out her aggression on everybody. For real. But yes, you're right. And again, that was the last chapter, but she kind of pushes in and stuff. Uh, it's a shame. I get why they cut it. Whatever. What we really get here is Rita Skeeter. Holy shit. She is, is she amazing. so perfect. It's like Madame Maxime, Igor, Igor, what the fuck is his name? Igor Karkaroff. Rita Skeeter, like it translates so well. Like it talks about how in the book she has these like very hard curls in her hair. Mm -hmm. It could not look more perfect. She looks great. She embodies the character as necessary. Obviously, like, they've truncated the whole interview, and it's still completely perfect. Yeah, it really is very great. She does say the thing about, like, well, you should be familiar with this then when they go into the broom closet. Right. Which does make her seem a little bit more villainous in the movie. Oh, yeah. I but... think that they kind of play her up in a little bit of a villainous way, but it's also, like, in that... Well, you know how, like, Disney has that villainous game? How you're kind of like, yeah, but I'm totally here for those villains. Oh, yeah. It makes it feel kind of that way about, about her. talked about that so much on this podcast already, but she, it's yeah, amazing. You feel that with her. It's great. It's, it's so wonderful. cool to see this other person who isn't necessarily a villain, but has this edge to her, and she's the hottest fuck in the movie. And other than that, we don't get really too much except for the point in the Owlery where he gets the letter from Sirius. We actually already mentioned this in a previous episode where he gets the first letter from Sirius that was just more like, hey, I'm coming back up there. So that was maybe a little bit of a misstep on our part because there is this second round of letters. But yeah, he gets bit by that owl. Which is pretty rude. He has beautiful handwriting. Yeah. He folded that letter very nicely. I liked it. But yeah, we're going to see some Firehead soon. Firehead coming. Firehead coming. Firehead coming. Dick jokes coming. Firehead coming. Dick jokes coming. Firehead coming. Dick jokes coming. Plus 25 to Hermione and plus 25 to Hagrid. I feel like Hermione probably deserves some more points, honestly, because hers was just so fucking perfect. Nothing wrong with Hagrid's either, except he did, like, kind of fuck over the rest of the class. But some of them go on to be motherfuckers in potions, so I'm here for it. Plus yeah. 25 to both of them. I don't really feel like I need to explain that. They are quens among quens. And then plus 10 to Ollivander. 
because he has to touch everybody's penis. And then plus five each to Dumble and Rita for their little caddy exchange. And just, I don't know, I like it. There's, there's something spicy. Oh, it's fun. And then lastly, plus five to Colin Greedy because I definitely took points away from him in the past. And he comes in, he stands up Snape and it's like, no, he's coming and he's bringing all this shit and you're gonna like it. Negative 10 to Draco for Existing. starting that shit in potions. Negative five to Hedwig because I feel like Hedwig's better than that and smarter than that. I feel like Hedwig would be able to handle it and she just want to stick her leg out and be like, ooh, look. Oh my God, what if Hedwig's leg had like um, a hooker heel and some like fishnets on it when she stuck it out? Like, hey, big spend it. And then he's <laughs> like, no. And then she like kicks him in the <laughs> fucking face. <laughs> That's what should have like, happened. Do you want to have yeah. fun? <laughs> and Harry's like, no. And she's well like, fuck you then. <laughs> That's canon. That's what really <laughs> happened in this scene. If that had happened... Let me show you a good time. Let me give you some outpost. Yeah, if she had come dressed as like the whore she is, then <clears throat> she might not have lost points. But I feel like it was in poor taste. And negative 50 to Snape, like I already said earlier in my thing. So that's actually a total of negative 100, right? You gave him negative 50 no, in the beginning. That and was Spoiler no, alert. I know, but I'm that was trying to push you to this. give him another negative no. 50 out. No, you already made me give points to that fucking bust slug thing. No. I do not make you do anything. Okay, you just tried to persuade me to take 50 That was my first time. Uh, these are also points being taken away from Slytherin, keep in mind. So oh, that's true. Snape is a fucker, but calm your tits, honey. <laughs> negative 50. Because he's a dick. He's the final dick in this chapter. Is he? We just stuck a dick in it. <laughs> Speaking of dicks, the next chapter is... I don't know. <laughs> the Hungarian Horntail, chapter oh, 19. Oh, it's about to get horny up in here. Oh, yeah. That's what we'll talk about on the next episode. If Adam hasn't murdered me by then, because I'm being real annoying tonight. Yeah, and she's staying at my house tonight, probably, because we got more wine to drink. We got more wine to drink. We got Christmas movies to watch. And... Cookies. Probably cookies. I made cookies. I did not. I eat cookies. That's okay. You brought two bottles of wine that we have consumed. Heads up. Target wine is good. Target! Sponsor us! <laughs> what if Target was the one who came through for us? Can you imagine? <laughs> I feel like at the end of the We're day, rich. That, that would be the one. <laughs> Bye. We're Bye! Gonna, we're going to drink more wine. Catch up with us in the after party where we can't speak English anymore. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to be like Madame Maxime and Hedwig. Parlez-vous, fuck you, you bag-ass. Oh, Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice. And be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. BasicSnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Alohomora. Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toe. But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.